Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and it is finally Dallas Cowboys week, week number five of the NFL season. And today we are going to preview the San Francisco 49ers, the undefeated San Francisco 49ers against the three and one Dallas Cowboys going to be an awesome matchup of, of NFC conference powerhouses again San Francisco being one of two teams still undefeated the Dallas Cowboys wanting to find their way uh, back atop the NFC and hopefully push the San Francisco 49ers down to their level with one loss on the year um, there is so much history with this rivalry dating back to the 80s and 90s and kind of has refound itself in the 2000 and I don't know 1920s I guess you could say now uh, it feels like time is just speeding by as fast as lightning uh, but there's so much history here a lot of recent history and honestly it's kind of dating back to non-niner and cowboy related things Kyle Shanahan, Dan Quinn, uh, Dan Quinn, now the head coach, or excuse me, now the defensive coordinator of the Atlanta, uh, wow, Dallas Cowboys and Kyle Shanahan, now the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Both of those players, Quinn, then being the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons and Shanahan, then being the offensive coordinator for the Falcons uh, during their Super Bowl run, uh, now obviously facing off for what the third time when San Francisco and Dallas take the field on Sunday night football. 2021, a they're the real true first meeting of Shanahan and Dan Quinn's defenses uh, with Dallas and San Francisco meeting up in the divisional round in Dallas in Jerry's world. I remember the 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 late pick or near, or near pick from Jimmy Garoppolo and Dallas is going for the fake spike and they don't get it off and you see the picture of Trent Williams laughing at Dallas Cowboy fans when they're flipping him off getting in the bird um good memories for Niner fans <laughs> that's for sure but to go into Jerry's world get the win upset then the best offense statistically in football huge victory for San Francisco in last year a rematch in the playoffs um in pregame during the playoff game at Levi Stadium this time we had Niner players getting in the way of kicker Brett Maher's pregame and kind of causing some issues during pregame during the divisional round and to end that game Ezekiel Elliott's playing center as the only offensive lineman for Dak Prescott a weird play to end the divisional round last year in San Francisco being 2-0 against Dallas the past two years ending their season the past two years so there's a lot of recent history here, and that really hasn't ended because this past offseason, or this offseason, you could say, uh, during preseason, San Francisco traded what was their assumed franchise quarterback, or hoped to be franchise quarterback, in Trey Lance to the Dallas Cowboys for a fourth round pick. So, San Francisco and the Dallas Cowboys have so many ties. And it's not just in the past, it's recent history leading us into this game on Sunday night. And let's start right there. We'll get into Brock Purdy and Chris McCaffrey and Micah Parsons, all the nitty gritty as to how this game is going to, to pan out and what the outcome might be. Um, it's going to be a hard hitting slobber knocker, as JR used to say on WWF television back in the day. But let's stick with Trey Lance for a second because... We've heard some reports or we've heard Dallas Cowboys coaches saying, you know, they're going to ask Trey Lance uh, to be the scout team quarterback this week, kind of help them out, try to prepare for San Francisco's offense and see if they can get some secrets. So my question is, do you, 
do I, think that Trey Lance can really share any secrets with the Dallas Cowboys, my first answer is no. <laughs> like, no. Whatever Trey Lance can tell them might be, you know, hand signs or code words. It's not something Dallas would know since these teams have played so much the past two years. Dan Quinn, again, coached with Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta. They know each other's systems extremely well. It's not as if Trey Lance is going to come in and decode this brand new alien language that San Francisco speaks. There's tape on both these two teams. Shanahan's been here since 2017. They have 13 games of Christian McCaffrey. It's not as if they're doing anything different than, than they were last season. They're just winning a lot more games now with a better quarterback. <laughs> That's the only difference. Like, like, it's not as if Trey Lance is going to come out and change the entire game for the Dallas Cowboys. But it does make me laugh because it does make me think that this feels like the only reason why Jerry Jones actually acquired Trey Lance in the first place was because he saw that I can't beat the Niners. Um, they're going to trade their quarterback. He may have some intel. We'll give him a fourth round pick. He'll never play for us. He's still Dallas's third string quarterback. He's inactive on Sundays anyways. Um, we have to beat San Francisco. And if we're going to, he's our best chance to kind of get some some secrets, some intel. And it feels like that's the only reason why Jerry Jones actually acquired Trey Lance. But more importantly, it kind of feels like they're treating Trey Lance like a child of divorce, where it's like one parent's trying to get intel on the other parents, you know, teachings and how they're raising the child of like, hey, Trey, like, what did dad say this week? Or, you know, go tell dad this. Oh, you know, you know, well, you know, did you go to the park this weekend? It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it's unfair to Trey Lance to do that. Like, this is the only time he's likely going to find reps or meaningful reps all year long. Trying to teach his current team how to play his former team. It's it's insane. It's not as if Trey Lance is, you know, going to just be this miraculous uh, secret teller and be like a wise man or, you know, this wizard and, and change the entire game for Dallas. But it makes me feel bad for him because... There's reports of him meeting with the coaching staff earlier in the week and trying to figure out personnel and the, the knowledge of Kyle Shanahan's system. He's giving Dan Quinn and the defense quality reps are at running. It's, it's so weird what they're trying to do, but it's not as if Kyle Shanahan doesn't also own Sean McVay and LaFleur out there in Green Bay. It's not as if Kyle Shanahan hasn't annihilated, ran through, just run over former disciples or former colleagues of his, like Mike McDaniel, where he put up 33 points with Brock Purdy last year. All of those players, all those coaches, excuse me, should know the playbook and how to stop San Francisco's offense and exploit their defense, and none of them really can. It, Trey Lance is not going to be a game changer in this, but... This being the only game we're likely going to get to talk about Trey Lance this year, and unless we meet in the playoffs again, which certainly could happen, but it's a Dallas Cowboys, so they could lose in the first round. But this being the first year or first time we can talk about Trey Lance, and it's him not giving secrets. Trey Lance is not going to give anybody secrets in this game. Let's dive into the actual game. What actually matters, when that kickoff begins, what is going to happen in between the white lines, in between the sticks, and on the gridiron on Sunday. Want to remind you before we get into it, though, if you want to go to this game still or any game this year, use our promo code 49ersaccess at SeatGeek.com. 49ersaccess and save yourself $20 off your first purchase. It'll help you afford parking or transportation or buy an $18 beer at Levi Stadium whenever you're choosing might be. Again, go support your Niners and get a discount in the meantime. It's always a great value to have and support the show as well. Okay, let's dive into Sunday Night Football Niners Cowboys. Oh, this has been this has been circled on the calendar for weeks and months. The minute they said the San Francisco 49ers are going to play the NFC East and more importantly, the Dallas Cowboys in week number five in prime time football. This is the biggest game thus far 
on the NFL calendar. This is the most important game thus far in both these teams' schedules, and this is one of the most important games of the season for the San Francisco 49ers. So let's start with talking about the Dallas Cowboys offense, and it's changed this year. Kellen Moore is now in Los Angeles with the Chargers calling plays as their offensive coordinator, and head coach Mike McCarthy has now taken over uh, play calling for Dallas. And this is actually a really big game for Mike McCarthy because once you let go of Kellen Moore and he takes over play calling, you're essentially saying, hey, look, what the offense does, whether it succeeds or fails, is strictly on you. When you fire your OC and tell the, the head coach, okay, like he can be your scapegoat for one year, now show us what you can do. Kind of like how Farhan Zaidi and Gabe Kapler have done with the Giants, where we'll fire Kapler, but um, hey, Farhan, hopefully figure this thing out. And if not, your seat's going to be on fire come next year's end. For Mike McCarthy, it's a big game. You can't lose to San Francisco three times in a row. You go into Levi Stadium this Sunday. If your offense plays well and it isn't the reason you lose or you actually win this game, uh, this is a big prove-it statement game for Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. But I will say this, the Dallas Cowboys offense went from one of the most explosive units just two years ago in football, now to a more moderate, over the middle, intermediate passing game, quick passing game offense, which I do think does indeed help Dak Prescott not get sacked, does allow him to you know, not throw interceptions. We'll get into that a little later here, but it feels like they have gone from an explosive deep passing offense to a much more intermediate quick game to kind of keep the offense on the field, extend drives, limit three and outs, and hopefully get Dak Prescott's negative plays diminished to almost nil. And so over the course of 2019 through 2023 this year, Dak Prescott's air yards have gone from almost eight plus air yards, 2019, 2020, 2021 to 2022, went from eight to 7.3, and this year down to five and a half. That ranks 33rd in football, only ahead of Bryce Young. When I'm telling you their offense has scaled down, it's less explosive when it comes to the deep passing game. I'm being extremely serious. The Dallas Cowboys offense has players that can be explosive, but it's not going to be Dak Prescott throwing the football 45 yards, 50 yards downfield. It's going to be more of a, a yak-reliant offense, similar to how the Packers were later in the McCarthy-Rodgers era. Um, now, Rodgers being the elite quarterback he was could make things happen. Dak Prescott not being that guy certainly doesn't have that ability to do so like MVP Rodgers was doing in Green Bay, but... It does feel like the goal this year has been to, we like Dak, in big moments don't always trust him, let's try to figure out how to take his negative plays and decrease them, reverting to a quick passing game, giving guys like Lamb and Pollard and Gallup and, and Cooks and Ferguson the ball quicker, letting them do the work. Um, here's the thing though, <laughs> with the Dallas Cowboys offense, and let's be honest here, it has stars everywhere. I, I, I just named five of them, right? They do have a really good receiving core. Veteran, explosive, fast, quick, in-cutting receivers that can do a job for any team in football. Really good unit. They have one of the best running backs in football and a young tight end growing into his own in the league. They're real, like, they have a really good unit, but I do think some of the numbers might be deceptive as to how good they actually are. Um, it isn't to take away from them being good or say, I'm not saying they're bad, but I do think that the Dallas Cowboys offense isn't as good as maybe an ESPN has labeled them on their stat sheets. So in week one of the 40 points the Dallas Cowboys scored, 27 of them were offensive. In week two, the Cowboys offense scored 30. Okay, they're averaging around 28 points a game right there, right? Then they only score 16 against the Cardinals, whereas San Francisco put up 35 points against the Cardinals last week. And against the Patriots this past week, only put up 23 offensive points against a rather weak Patriots team. 
on paper, if you look up the Dallas Cowboys offense on ESPN.com, it'll tell you they're averaging 31 points per game in the offensive category. Well, technically, yes, the Cowboys are, as a team, averaging 31 points a game. They're actually offensively only averaging 27, a complete touchdown less per game, which takes their offense from averaging the fourth highest points in football all the way down to number 16th ranked in football. They go from a top five offense in scoring to a mediocre offense when it comes to putting up points. I don't want to call ESPN liars. I see what they did. They're just taking point totals and assuming it's the entire offense. That's not the case. The Dallas Cowboys offense is good. Putting up 24 points a game is good. This year, it ranks 16th, though. If you told me the Dallas Cowboys averaged 24 points a game with their defense, that should be good enough to win at least 10 games this year and get into the playoffs. I'm not knocking their offense. My question is, or, or my, my, the knock on them would be they play the Giants defense, which is not good. They play the Jets, who are okay, but Zach Wilson week two was not good. They play the Cardinals, who are a fine team overplaying or outkicking their coverage currently, and the Patriots, who stink. The Dallas Cowboys have played almost nobody, and their offense is averaging seven points less than San Francisco's as well. San Francisco is scoring 31 points a game, the Cowboys only 24. Now, yes, that doesn't mean that San Francisco's beat every single great team in the books. They play teams like Pittsburgh, who have a good defense, but a really bad offense. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Giants, not a great team. The Cardinals, an okay team that's, again, outkicking their coverage. And it feels like San Francisco and the Dallas Cowboys, the only game separating them really is that Rams game for San Francisco, where they still put up 30 points against a team that's actually playing pretty well in LA. When I tell you, though, again, the Dallas Cowboys are only scoring 24 points a game, and you look at San Francisco's defense, where they have yet to give up over 23 points a game this year. In fact, they've only given up 20 points once through four weeks. That against Matthew Stafford being 23 against the Rams. And that 23rd point was a garbage time field goal because McVay wanted to hit the over-under, <laughs> right? It's not as if San Francisco is playing poor defense, or they've actually given up over 20 points. 20 points is technically not the cap, but in reality, it feels like San Francisco's defense has only allowed 20 points per game this year. And when you see Dallas's offense, maybe not being as good as the numbers might say, it does make me skeptical as to can they keep up with San Francisco's offense on Sunday when these two teams match up in prime time at Levi Stadium on Sunday Night Football. Um, but Dak Prescott, fo uh, focusing in on you know the exact players and how they're going to want to score in this game. Dak Prescott's actually having a fairly good year. Um, not an amazing year. I I've heard Dallas Cowboys fans say he's a top-five quarterback. No, he's not. I like Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. I think Dak Prescott... With this defense in Dallas, if it wasn't the Dallas Cowboys, I would pick them to be one of the final four teams in football. I can see on paper this team winning a championship, even led by Dak Prescott. I like him as a quarterback, but to say he's a top five quarterback this year through four weeks is completely inaccurate. Dak Prescott is averaging one touchdown a game. He only has four this year, that being none on the ground, four only passing. Now, he's thrown only one pick. The issue is that was a game-sealing pick against the Cardinals where he was throwing to nobody. <laughs> it was right to two defenders. 
in the clutch, Dak's one pick, his negative plays, the things that keep holding him back from being elite or a great quarterback or a top 10 quarterback are still there. When the going gets tough, Dak Prescott continues to falter. Um, he only ranks 14th in yards per game at 227. Again, I like Dak. The stats and even his play would not indicate him being a top 10 quarterback, top 5 quarterback in football. Now, some people might point to and say, well, he's fourth in completion percentage. And I would say yes, when you know what the Dallas Cowboys are doing, going to a quick passing game, the aforementioned quick passing game, it's going to result in Dak Prescott having a better completion percentage and lower numbers in the passing yard category and touchdown category. Right now, so far, that is Dak Prescott. Who does that sound like to you? Um, I'm not going to say that sounds like Niners Jimmy Garoppolo, but it certainly sounds like Niners Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, Dak Prescott's better than Jimmy Jim. I'm not saying they're the same. I'm just saying what Dallas is doing is very similar to how San Francisco tried to safeguard Jimmy G here. The last two games, though, against San Francisco, Dak Prescott has not been good. We can talk about how great Dak's been through four games or how good he's been or how, how good Dallas Cowboy fans think he's been. The reality is it's about matchups, how your team matchups against the opposition. Tonight, Bears and, and Commanders is the perfect example of this. The Commanders went into Philadelphia and took them to overtime because those two teams match up extremely well. The Bears tonight boat raced the Commanders on their own home home field because those two teams do not match up very well. The Niners and Dallas Cowboys match up extremely well against each other, and Dak Prescott, in the face of the adversity against the Niners' defense, has not played well. In his last two games, those being playoff games, mind you, Dak Prescott's passer rating is 69.3 and 63.6. In those two games, he's been sacked six times and thrown three interceptions. Now again, you can mitigate picks and sacks by the quick passing game, but in a big game, in a big moment, when you need a score, when you need a first down, my money's not on Dak Prescott executing, and we've seen that this year. Dak Prescott has yet to play behind in a game, besides one, against the Cardinals, and what did he do? Need a touchdown? That was a pick. Dak Prescott is a good quarterback, and he's a top 12, top 10 quarterback, maybe, but there are still things holding him back. His pocket awareness is not great. It's, it's almost as if he's leaving clean pockets, he doesn't feel the pressure very well, and again, I like Dak, but what holds Dak back to me is, he's actually athletic, but doesn't know how to use his legs, doesn't know when to use his legs, um... Kind of has the Justin Herbert issue where, granted, Herbert has the bigger arm, but sometimes Herbert doesn't know when to actually use his legs and use mobility well to escape pockets and pressure and extend plays and actually get your offense into positions to score. Now, Herbert this year is playing out of his mind, but there are things to improve upon. With Dak Prescott, with when his Dak Prescott's decision making is not great already. And you add in the fact that if San Francisco can get pressure on him, it's going to force him to make mistakes and create issues for him. That is why the Dallas Cowboys have reverted to a quick passing game to help limit what Dak Prescott can hurt them with. Um, this game does, though, unfortunately feel like a game where, like, every year when the Dallas Cowboys are supposed to be amazing and good and they're going to go to the championship and they're going to win a Super Bowl, it feels like that they are regular season Warriors, where this is a game where it feels like the Cowboys might indeed win, but come January, they lose this exact same game because they're big, they're tough, they're strong in October, but they're frail, they're weak, they're frauds come playoff time. Um, I do think the Dallas Cowboys have a good chance to win this game. Uh, I don't think they will, but I would not be surprised if they do. They feel like a regular season vulture, where they'll get this win now and lose it in, in four months. You know, again, they'll beat you in week five, but they'll fall apart against the exact same team come playoff time. But 
it does feel like that the Dallas Cowboys are kind of trying to stop a steamroller in front of them. The San Francisco 49ers are playing as the best team in football, have yet to struggle really against anybody. And when they did face struggles, it was only in the first half of the game when they had an extra 15 minutes uh, to kind of figure things out, or actually an, an extra 30 minutes to make adjustments, and and they did so and, and almost shut out the Rams in, in SoFi Stadium in week number two. Like, San Francisco is yet to face this, this, this big test, and... Sunday against the Cowboys is their biggest test, but it's not as if Dak Prescott doesn't have limitations. I've already talked about the picks in the sacks against San Francisco the past two games, but Dak Prescott this year, his QBR against zone coverage is 49.4. That ranks 18th in football. His QBR against man coverage is 90.2. That ranks third. Well, who would have guessed it? San Francisco plays zone coverage at the third highest rate in the league at 72.6, basically 73%. San Francisco, just their base defense, is already Dak Prescott's kryptonite. He struggles against it mightily. It takes him from a top three quarterback to number 18th in football when it comes to QBR. I do wonder, though. If you're the Dallas Cowboys, you're thinking, okay, how can we again almost hide, in a sense, Dak Prescott? What do you do? Do you have him play like Matthew Stafford, which is up to Prescott himself of being quick with the ball, giving five, six yards here, letting or taking what San Francisco is going to give you everything underneath, and hopefully guys like Warner and Greenlaw and Oliver and Ufunga can limit any big play from happening or does Prescott get scared and force passes? My mind and brain and my heart think he's going to force a pass here, might throw a pick in this game, giving San Francisco some leverage early, giving them momentum to go out there and score some points. But a way to help and respond to maybe San Francisco playing so much zone is the Oklahoma Sooner, CeeDee Lamb, one of the best receivers in football, probably top 10, if not top 10, certainly top 15. Um, I love CeeDee Lamb. <laughs> He's so good at what he does. Um, we've seen him twice firsthand. He's awesome. But a way to respond to San Francisco playing so much zone and force them play man coverage, which would again take Dak Prescott from 18th in QBR to number three, would have CeeDee Lamb playing slot against Isaiah Oliver or Lenore. And if you can make San Francisco play man coverage, um, you're going to find yourself in kind of a bind here because right now San Francisco feels like doesn't really know what they want to do at the cornerback position. Um, I would assume their starting cornerbacks are going to be Mooney Ward, Isaiah Oliver, and Diamador Lenore, but the past couple games they've benched Oliver about in the second or mid-third quarter, then put Ambry Thomas out there, and in a game like this, I'd rather not play Ambry Thomas, but I can also see what San Francisco might be trying to do is get Thomas up to speed for a game like this where if Oliver struggles or against a faster slot receiver like CeeDee Lamb, if indeed the Dallas Cowboys want to force San Francisco to play man coverage, you can put Lenore on the inside and match up even better against the Cowboys, but... We'll see what the Cowboys do this year so far. Eight of CeeDee Lamb's 23 receptions have come from the slot this year. Would not be surprised if he's there primarily on Sunday night. And although I just said that Lenore might be the best option to line up against CeeDee Lamb in the slot, that um, would leave a hole with Thomas on the outside. But I do think right now we have found ourselves with Lenore I like him a lot. He's young. He's feisty. Um, he's made big plays against Dallas in the past, but through four weeks against rather weaker competitors against him, he hasn't performed very well. Um, and we've seen the Dallas Cowboys reporters and people who cover the team kind of point this out where Lenore this year leads San Francisco in target rate at 20.7%. That means... Opposing offenses are targeting him almost 21% of their throws. He also has the worst coverage success rate at 45.2%. So he's targeted the most and has the worst coverage success rate. 
when you look at Dallas's receivers, you have Lamb and Cooks and Gallup and even Tolbert. I do think the Dallas Cowboys are going and are hoping San Francisco plays man coverage and puts Lenore in the slot, hoping they can expose him. This is a huge game for Lenore. You're already hearing fans want to acquire a new a new cornerback, um, whether it's because Lenore is playing poorly or it's because they don't want to deal with Isaiah Oliver or Thomas on the field, giving them more depth. You've heard names like Patrick Sertain. That's not going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if San Francisco finds themselves in a place where come week seven or eight, they're at least looking if things continue the way they do, but this is a huge game for Lenore. Had a huge pick last year in the playoffs against Dallas, but this is their biggest test so far. Mooney Ward, Hufunga, Gibson, Lenore, Oliver, they have to play well. And Dallas is going to come out and going to pass the ball not a lot, but enough to keep San Francisco honest. They're not going to get comfortable. Um, but I do think one thing helping San Francisco, again, is the Dallas Cowboys continuing trying to hide Dak Prescott. The Dallas Cowboys want to run the football. What I mean by that is they run the football the fifth, the fifth highest rate in the NFL. Again, they want to hide Dak Prescott. Quick passing game and pound the ground with the football. Tony Pollard, again, is one of the best running backs in football. Has the fifth most rushing yards this year at 311. He has 4.3 yards per carry and averaging 77 yards per game. Um, he's touching the football 31% of the Dallas Cowboys offensive plays. If there is one player... You have to stop offensively for Dallas. It is Tony Pollard. This is a huge game for Hargrave and Armstead and Kinlaw and Bosa and Jackson, by that matter, to limit Tony Pollard's impact. Last year, before he got hurt on the Jimmy Ward tackle where he snapped his ankle, he was having a pretty solid game for them. Maybe the outcome of that game is different if Pollard's actually healthy. He is their number one back this year and playing very well. Um, he's leading this team <laughs> by far in rushing yards. He is this team's bell cow, if you want to call him that. Again, they're running the football the fifth highest rate amongst the entire NFL. There's 32 teams in the fifth highest rate in just last just like last week against the Cardinals you have James Conner I think was getting like 32 or 33 percent of the snaps or, or touches for the Cardinals last week San Francisco um, the Niners did a great job excuse me of holding Conner back holding him to about 56 yards on the ground um he didn't do much the same thing has to happen this week. You stop the run, you, for, you force Dak Prescott to beat you, something he has yet to show he can do, whether it's playing San Francisco the past two times or this year as a whole. And with the way the Packers, or excuse me, the way the Cowboys are playing offensively in the passing game, if you stop Pollard, um, they have not been prone to take deep shots. And, and if they try to, San Francisco is 2 for 10 on allowing deep shots this year. So having a great, an 80% success rate against deep shots on big plays so far. So if you can stop Pollard and force Dak Prescott to beat you, um, San Francisco's defense could be in for a big game. Uh, one thing though, again, Armstead, Kinlaw, Hargrave have to have a big game. They've been playing great so far this year. They have to continue to force, to force Dak out of the pocket, into Bosa, into Jackson, and you have to be able to contain the edges. Again, Dak Prescott is not going to run the football. He's timid, he's usually afraid, doesn't want to get hit, and doesn't like to use his legs. He's been sacked six times the past two games against this team. The beautiful thing about this is San Francisco has two of the best coverage and tackling linebackers in football, and Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. If the Dallas Cowboys want to revert to a quick passing game and San Francisco's defensive line is getting pressure, that is the biggest win for the Niners. Let your, your hunters, your linebackers, Warner and Greenlaw, clean up 
what's kind of being leaked out. You can give someone four yards here and four yards there and force the Dallas Cowboys into third downs. The one thing the Dallas Cowboys are not good at is getting into the red zone and scoring. Yes, they have the second or third highest um, scoring rate when it comes to drive percentage at 55%, but once they get in the red zone, around 20% success rate. They are not scoring once they get inside the 20. You force this team to third down over and over and over again, they're going to struggle, and it's going to allow your offense to get the ball back a handful of times and keep your defense fresh throughout the entirety of the game. The Cowboys, again, are a good offense. San Francisco's defense has the tools to limit what they want to do. It's going to be a lot of screens, end rounds, slants, over-the-middle stuff. San Francisco has the makeup and the personnel to stop that. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Ufunga in the box sometimes in this game, maybe even Jair Brown at certain times, just getting somebody else in the box and forcing Dak Prescott to have to beat you over the top, or if the Dallas Cowboys want to beat you on the ground, you gotta have your big boys, your highest paid defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, show up, get you a sack or two, or continue to be the best run-defending defensive edge in football this year per PFF. Hargrave, Kinlaw, Armstead have to push that pocket, eat up the Cowboys' offensive line. It's not an easy task. It's a hard task to do. The Cowboys have, if not the best, one of the strongest offensive lines in football behind the Eagles this year. Like The Cowboys have a stout, strong, confident, and veteran offensive line that are going to protect Dak with their life, but you got to have your big boys show up. This is the first time the Cowboys are going to have their starting five offensive linemen healthy in 22 games. They're fueling themselves. They're confident. They're going to come out saying, we got all of our five guys together for the first time in almost a year and a half, two years. We're going to feel good. This is the best offensive line San Francisco has faced all year long. You need your big guns to show up and say, look, you can bring whoever you want. Tyrone Smith, you want, it doesn't matter who you have on the offensive line. We are going to beat you. Terrence Steele, like the Cowboys have an amazing interior, an amazing interior. The big guys, Hargrave, Kinlaw, Armstead, Cullen Farrell, Jackson, they have to show up in this game if San Francisco wants a chance. I do think, though, I do think that San Francisco, if, again, Hargrave is taking up double teams or Armstead's doing the same thing, I do think San Francisco's edge rushers, Bosa, Jackson, Farrell, whoever else is out there, they are going to have a chance this year, maybe unlike previous seasons or unlike previous teams, that the tackles Tyrone Smith and Terrence Steele, who are good, I'm not knocking them, but on this offensive line are this offensive line's weakest links. And again, if you have your big boys taking up two teams or two, two offensive linemen, um, you're going to have at least one person free. I would assume that's going to be Drake Jackson, Clellan Farrell. Those young guys have to seize the opportunity of, if Hargrave and Bosa are getting double teamed, Armstead and Jackson and Farrell have to do their job and get in the backfield. Um, a speed rusher like Jackson, I think is going to have a good game for San Francisco. We love Bosa, we love Hargrave, we love Armstead, but it feels like that Drake Jackson had a big week one. Uh, I think he'll be amped up for this game. He'll give the Dallas Cowboys something else they haven't really seen this year, and more importantly against San Francisco, he really wasn't he wasn't active in the playoffs. They haven't seen him ever when it comes to being Niners and Cowboys facing off. This is Drake Jackson's first Dallas Cowboys game as a Niner. Come out there. Prove your point and show your worth. I think Drake Jackson might have one, two sacks in this game. Um, but let's be honest here. This is elite versus elite. This is just two powerhouse defensive lines and offensive lines going head to head. This is San Francisco's kind of first glimpse as to where they stack up against teams like Philadelphia's offensive line. If San Francisco can't expose or get a handful of sacks and stop the run against the Dallas Cowboys, we're going to feel even better going against Philadelphia come week 13 if we're all healthy. 
Like, this is a big game for both teams to kind of see where they're at. This is the Dallas Cowboys sitting back saying, can we hang with the elites in the NFC? This is San Francisco saying, do we have to make changes? Is this something we have to look at and say, this isn't working? Could this lead to them maybe saying, hey, let's go acquire someone like Randy Gregory out there or finding another defensive edge like from Washington, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen. I'm just tossing names out there, but this is a big game to assess where your defense is for San Francisco playing a top three team in the NFC. Um, and the Dallas Cowboys are strong. They have Brandon Cooks and Gallup and Jake Ferguson, their tight end. Rico Dowdle, like this team no longer has to just utilize CeeDee Lamb. The Dallas Cowboys are a very good team. <laughs> Who would have thought, right? This is San Francisco's biggest test. And I do think that coming into this game, a lot of the talk is, you know, well, the Dallas Cowboys, you know, they have Dak Prescott, they have all these weapons, and, and it's just old weaponry in San Francisco. And everyone's kind of forgetting about Brock Purdy, which is so weird. I don't understand the narrative around him. You know, we heard Nick Wright, who, think of you, one of him, say, I trust Geno Smith over Brock Purdy, despite Brock Purdy outplaying Geno Smith twice last year and winning two playoff games, knocking out Geno Smith in the playoffs. <laughs> don't really understand that, <laughs> but the other people on the radio, writing-wise, you have guys from the ringer saying Brock Purdy's a 25th ranked quarterback in football, putting Daniel Jones ahead of him, saying if Brock Purdy wins a championship, I'll never cover football again. You have other people, like 95-7 the game where I work, where I work, saying wait till he plays a real defense, or this is the biggest game of his career, it's a legacy game. Like, yes, this is a real test for Brock Purdy. It's not like Brock Purdy hasn't beat... This almost exact same Dallas Cowboys defense less than nine months ago. <laughs> it's not as if Brock Purdy, yes, they only scored 19 points. He threw no picks, played good enough to win. He beat Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay and the Washington Commanders defense that was ranked 12th at the time. For all the people saying, what till he plays a real defense if he wins on Sunday against Dallas in prime time and they're 5-0 to begin the season and are still the number one ranked team in football and he outlasts and he beats the number one statistical defense in football so far through four weeks, this is Brock Purdy's chance to literally silence every single hater. If you dislike Brock Purdy after he potentially wins this game, you have a problem. Like, Brock Purdy so far has done everything right in his career. Yes, there have been... I get the idea of, you know... Well, even Micah Parsons said, I want to see him play from behind when he has adversity. He did that against the Raiders. But it's the Raiders, whatever. If he beats this number one ranked defense in football, stamp it. If you don't believe it now, believe it then. He's the real deal. This is Brock Purdy's chance to silence literally everyone that is critiquing him or trying to knock him from being a franchise quarterback. I get he doesn't look the part, doesn't feel the part. When you watch him play, he shows he is the part. He shows he has it. He shows he has poise and presence. And I think in this game against Dallas secondary and to keep hyping them up, I want to make it very clear the Dallas Cowboys have an amazing team. Their defense is number one in football. Now, yes, they do not have their star cornerback, Trevon Diggs, out for the year. Um, hope he gets healthy. He's a great talent. I wanted him ready for this game because I don't want there to be any excuses. But the Dallas Cowboys still have the best unit in football. Stefan Gilmore, acquired this offseason, has a target rate of 20.8, basically 21%. A success rate of 60%, that is insane. Deron Bland, the opposite cornerback, has a target rate of 18.2%, a success rate of 62.5%, borderline 63%, that is insane. If Brock Purdy can beat this defense that has Donovan Wilson having a crazy year for them playing safety, Jerron Curse, Jordan Lewis, if he can beat this defense, 
there should be no one ever speaking nil or ill against his name ever again. Is this a Super Bowl? No. He's not holding Lombardi in, in week five. No. But he's beating the number one defense in football. And if he has a good day, which I think he might, because the Dallas Cowboys' weakness is San Francisco's strength. The Dallas Cowboys in this game, or through four weeks, played man coverage 68.7% of their snaps. Almost 69%. Good number. Um, which is second highest in football. They've also played at the highest rate the past two seasons. They love to play man coverage. And, oh, who would have guessed this too? Brock Purdy has an 89 QBR and 8.7 yards in attempt against man coverage the past two years. Also has a 14 touchdown to two interception ratio against man coverage. Do simple math. That's 89 QBR, 8.7 yards in attempt, and a 7 to 1 TD to INT ratio against man coverage the past two years. Brock Purdy's strength is the Dallas Cowboys' number one ranked defense's weakness. And I'm sorry, <laughs> I would not be surprised if someone like Brandon Ayuk, who is known for cooking Trevon Diggs, who is a great cornerback, I wouldn't be surprised if a slower cornerback like Stefan Gilmore has a hard time covering the best route-running separating receiver in football. Did you know this? Brandon Ayuk's all of his 17 receptions this year have either gone for a first down or a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk is literally a scoring and first down machine, and I'm supposed to expect that a Dallas Cowboys secondary that has like a 34-year-old Stephon Gilmore, having a great year, mind you, can keep up with contract year 23, 24-year-old Brandon Ayuk in his prime. Um, Gilmore... Great player, might be a Hall of Famer. My mom, I'm leaning towards Brandon Ayuk having, I don't want to say a monster game out of respect for Dallas, but another strong day against the Dallas Cowboys secondary. Um, also, get this, the Dallas Cowboys are playing cover one defense on 63% of their snaps. So man coverage and cover one go hand in hand, basically. That is the highest rate in the league. That means they're putting an extra safety in the box to defend the run, and they're having their defensive backs and linebackers play single coverage unless they're having a single high safety. Basically what that means is, um, hey, George Kittle, you're going to have a safety or linebacker on you the entire game. Um, could be in for a big game, my friend. <laughs> like, George Kittle, who has had one nice game this year against the Giants, this is a game where the Dallas Cowboys may want to stack the box against Brock Purdy. Oh, he's intermediate routes. You know, we're going to play man coverage, but we'll stack the box against him. He's not going to beat us over the middle. We're not going to have Ayuk and Debo do their thing and Chris McCaffrey over the middle. And Kittle's like, hi. Thanks, I am 30 yards downfield beating, beating Leighton Vander Esch off the line for 15, 30 yards. This is a game where George Kittle could have a massive, massive outing for San Francisco coming up clutch against what, again, is Dallas's weakness. San Francisco, their strength really is the exact opposite of the Dallas Cowboys' weakness. Everything when it comes to what Dallas likes to do defensively is the opposite of what San Francisco loves to do and kind of feeds into what San Francisco is going to try to execute on Sunday night. There's more, though. Don't worry, there's more. <laughs> there's plenty more to go over. When it comes to Brock Purdy having success against this team, the Dallas Cowboys currently have, again, the number one defensive DVOA. Basically, DVOA is a bunch of mumbo-jumbo for they're really good, right? They're number one against passes to the left, and to the right, well, where do you think the Dallas Cowboys struggle? Well, if we're to the right and to the left, oh, you're leaving wide open in the middle. The Dallas Cowboys, despite having, again, the number one ranked DVOA for defense against the left and the right, are 27th ranked over the middle. Where does San Francisco like to eat offensively over the middle? You would think... 
that a team who is trying to acquire Trey Lance to get intel on San Francisco, what they like to do offensively, wants to do all these amazing, you know, change, have, have, have McCarthy call plays and go out and acquire Brandon Cooks and, and do things to get them in the upper echelon of the NFC, you would think the team that has beaten you and ended your year twice, you might want to kind of game plan your defense around. And I'm sorry, Dan Quinn, um, you've yet to do so. And when your weaknesses again are San Francisco strength, it, it's hard for me to, to root against or just say Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy and Chris McCaffrey and Kittle on you can deal are not going to have a strong outing. It feels like that San Francisco in this game is... I'm not going to say score 30 points or whatever, but I'm going to say is that they are going to have a good chance to win this game by not changing their game plan. This is a game where you come out and you just do what you like to do. You're comfortable, you're free, you're at home, you're 4-0. You have nothing to lose outside of the game. You can take risks over the middle. You can do certain things that makes Dallas uncomfortable and if Dallas has, if, if you can force Dallas to try to beat you over the middle defensively and help limit you on the intermediate stuff, then you have three of the best check down players of all time, or at least in this day and age, Debo, Kittle, and McCaffrey. I mean, Kyle Shanahan said himself, we have a check down running back, the best in football. We have the best checkdown receiver in Debo Samuel and the best checkdown weapon in George Kittle that can get you five, six yards an attempt. This is a game where the San Francisco 49ers are not really going to have to change much offensively to exploit what the Dallas Cowboys can do defensively against their offense. This truly is a game where San Francisco is going to have their way or at least should be able to have a lot of success against the Cowboys. And it doesn't even stop there. <laughs> Again, there's so much more. Debo Samuel is going to be back. The entire San Francisco offense practice today Greg Greenlaw's back, Mooney Ward's back, they're healthy and ready to go, just like Dallas. And just like, or excuse me, San Francisco likes to play physical, aggressive, they want to get hit, they want to tackle somebody, they want to knock your socks off, right? George Kittle has openly said, we invite your physicality, we want to play that way, we, we, we want to feel bruised, and we want to feel pain. It makes us stronger. It calluses us over and gets us ready for playoff football. The Dallas Cowboys this year rank 28th in the NFL when it comes to allowing yards after the catch at 5.56. The last two years, two years, the Cowboys have ranked 30th in yak allowed. The Dallas Cowboys do not tackle well. They're a good defense that relies on getting pressure at the quarterback, forcing turnovers, and scoring points defensively. This team, their defense is ball hawking. They're aggressive. They attack the football. The issue is, when you have a team like San Francisco that can meet you in the middle and wants it a little more than you, and can actually out-physical you, San Francisco with Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and McCaffrey, again, their offense should not struggle against this defense unless San Francisco's offensive line struggles. And that is the biggest the biggest issue, is the Dallas Cowboys pass rush. They're amazing. They're awesome. Led by Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, these two guys are in incredible. Uh, Micah Parsons is right now through four weeks probably the best defensive player in football if not the best number two by a mile. He's insane. Um, his speed, the just the power and ferocity he plays with, it might be the best in football. Um, one minute you think you have him blocked, the next minute he's sacking your quarterback and recovering a fumble for a touchdown. He's incredible. He's so versatile. He's quick. He's agile. He's just everything you want in a defensive player. And this year, the Dallas Cowboys have the best win rate in football when it comes to pass rush at 60.6%, 61%. Micah Parsons leads the NFL with 36.4%, and Demarcus Lawrence is sixth with 28%. The Dallas Cowboys, when it comes to getting pressure, have a league-leading 
48.9%. They basically get to the quarterback or get a pressure 50% of their snaps. And they have a 13% lead when it comes to blitzing at nine, or excuse me, they have, a th they have a, the leads, the league's biggest blitzing team. They're incredible. They're incredible at what they want to do. The Dallas Cowboys, if they want to wreck this game and expose San Francisco and just put a pounding on what San Francisco wants to do, it's going to be getting pressure on Brock Purdy. I don't worry about Trent Williams and Aaron Banks. Um, Let's be honest here, though. Watching Micah Parsons and Trent Williams go one-on-one -on -one is going to be awesome. But I don't worry about Banks and Williams. Neither one of those guys have given up one sack this year. I do worry about Brendel, Burford, and more importantly, McKivitz. Um, This is not a game where you want Brock Purdy under pressure a lot. Yes, we talked about every single reason as to how they can have success in this game when it comes to passing the football. And again, like San Francisco or like Dallas, you can mitigate the Cowboys' pressure by quick passes, screen passes, but if the Cowboys want to play in the box, play man coverage, you have to give your quarterback a little bit of time to let those routes develop, hit Kittle downfield for a big gain, or give your receivers time to get open. You have to play strong offensive football. The Dallas Cowboys love to use stunts. You have to have your guys pick those up. It's going to be this, this chess match on the line of scrimmage on both sides. Wilkes versus McCarthy and Shanahan versus Dan Quinn. It's going to be awesome. Going to be just, just again, elite minds going one-on-one -on -one and using these players like pawns. It's going to be crazy. Going to be awesome. And if, and, and if Dallas can affect... Purdy and, and 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 really kind of change the game plan here for San Francisco and get, you know get him out of the pocket and force him to move. Purdy is still a good quarterback there, not not bad by any means, but it does affect what you want to do offensively. And if Dallas can do so, which they've shown to be able to do so through four games, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a hard game for San Francisco to win. But I haven't talked about the ultimate game changer. The ultimate, I don't know, MVP candidate through four weeks. I haven't talked about what I was thinking of as the continuum transfunctioner from Dude, Where's My Car? That is Christian McCaffrey. Everybody wanted the continuum transfunctioner in that movie, Ashton Kutcher, Sean William Scott, the weird alien guys who were like, do how's the continuum transfunctioner? Or the hot girls with the big boobs. I don't know what their names were or, or what their purpose was, but they're aliens, right? Whatever they were. Everybody wants the continuum transfunctioner. Everybody wants yourself a Christian McCaffrey, and here's why. He leads the NFL in rushing at 459 yards, and we saw what the Arizona Cardinals did against the Dallas Cowboys. They said, you know what? We're going to run right at your best player and see if you can stop us. And in fact, the Dallas Cowboys could not stop James Conner and the Arizona Cardinals offense when it came to running the football. The same offense who only had 56 yards with James Conner on the ground against San Francisco last week. The Cardinals, including Conner, had 222 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, a game where they targeted Micah Parsons specifically instead of, you are going to have to beat us. I would not be surprised if San Francisco says, hmm, the Dallas Cowboys are giving up 4.6 yards an attempt, CMC's averaging 5.7 yards an attempt, why don't we give the best running back in football the rock and say run right at Micah Parsons he has not shown yet in his young career through four games this year the ability to stop the run when being attacked consistently over and over and over and over and over again badger them until they are forced to give him help if the Cardinals can do it the San Francisco 49ers with Chris McCaffrey in a Kyle Shanahan led run scheme should be able to have success. Chris McCaffrey should have a, a, a huge game against Dallas. Didn't have one in the playoffs again last year. 
he even said himself he hurt his leg in that game, wasn't what he wanted to be, it affected his play. He's healthy this year, no signs of injury, and he's playing the best he ever has in his career, on pace for over 2,000 yards on the ground and 30 total touchdowns. Um, hey Dallas, if you can't stop James Conner, what makes you think you can stop Christian McCaffrey? Um, my money's on CMC. He's the MVP through four weeks. I don't see why he wouldn't be. He's awesome. And look, you want to talk about quick games and checkdowns and dump-offs. San Francisco has the Dallas Cowboys beaten every single form in fashion. This is going to be a rock fight with shots left and right, jabs and uppercuts. This is going to be maybe a whoever scores last kind of game. My money's on San Francisco, but let's be honest here. This is a game where every inch matters. We can talk about defense and offense all we want. Jake Moody has to hit his kicks. Cannot have kickoffs going out of bounds and giving the Dallas Cowboys offense free yardage. Mitch Wisnowski, his punts have to be inside the 20 every single time. He's been awesome this year so far in his bag. Continue what you're doing. Ray Ray McLeod can't take kicks and punts out of the end zone seven yards deep, giving the Dallas Cowboys almost, again, stopping you at the 15-yard line. Every yard counts. Every inch counts. I want to annihilate the Dallas Cowboys so bad, it makes Jerry Jones have to pay his illegitimate kid back child support. I want to send them back to Dallas crying, whimpering, and whining. I do not want to hear of, well, we could have had him, but I do not like Dallas Cowboy fans. It brings me this, oh, this amazing joy to make them cry and have them experience pain and suffer. The video of that girl crying two years ago was just this icing on the cake. I want to make their fans cry. I want to see them break TVs. I want to hear my uncle, who is a Cowboy fan, call me and say, Hey, you got us this year, buddy. See you in January. And we'll see you in January, and we'll beat you then, too. I want to put the Dallas Cowboys in the grave, make them fall to 3-2 and two on the year, and set our sights to Philadelphia in week number 13. I don't want to hear Jerry Jones. I don't want to hear, well, the Dallas Cowboys this, the Dallas Cowboys that. No, 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 no. I want the San Francisco 49ers to crack that star, be like T.O. In the, in the middle of the field, and make them suffer. Show them all the hard work you've done. Oh, we're going to change the offense. We're going to fire the offensive coordinator. I want San Francisco to exploit the Dallas Cowboys defense so bad it knocks them from number one to number five. I want to see Kyle Shanahan and this team, which at this point have a freaking vendetta against the NFL because they know they should have been playing the Chiefs last year in the Super Bowl. I want to see them have that same anger and frustration. I want to see them come out on Sunday Night Football prime time and cap off this three-game homestand with the win over the Dallas Cowboys and sending them back to Jerry's world with their freaking hands over their face and their tails between their legs. This is the time to make a statement to come out and say, you thought we played nobody? Let's show you who we really are. Let's knock off the Dallas Cowboys and send them home crying, whimpering, and whining. People want to talk about the Cowboys being good and the Eagles being so good. Let's finally make them realize there is no team going to get in our way that's going to stop us this year. We have a vendetta we've yet to settle, and Dallas is our first victim in our way. Then it's Cleveland, then it's the Vikings, then it's the Bengals with their eyes set towards Seattle and Philadelphia then hoisting a Lombardi come year's end. Ooh, ooh, I can't wait for Sunday. 
I'm going to watch Debo plow some Cowboys defenders. And you Cook, Stephon Gilmore, McCaffrey have over 100 yards again. Set some more records. Kittle over the middle doing his thing. It's going to be fun. See Brock Purdy slice and dice Dallas's defense. Again, if you want to be there and you want to see this team play Dallas or go to a game, let's say you're in Cleveland or you're in Minnesota or maybe you're in Seattle, wherever you are, use our promo code 49 ers access at SeatGeek.com. 49-E-R-S-A-C-C-E-S-S at SeatGeek.com and save yourself $20 off your first purchase. Again, at SeatGeek.com, 49ers access. You can also use our Fanatics link up above or down below. Buy yourself some merch and support the show. In the meantime, please follow us on social media at 49ers underscore access is the twitter and 49ers dot access is the instagram there's a pretty funny ai generated photo on there i did today where it was i i asked the bing ai brock purdy <laughs> christian mccaffrey beating the dallas cowboys michael parsons it's pretty funny uh people haven't found that on social media check it out again please leave a like share subscribe leave a review if you leave a like, it's a free way to help the show. You leave a review, same thing. I don't care what you put in the actual review. You can say, this guy's annoying. Give us five stars still. It certainly helps the show. Anyways, again, my name is Sterling Bennett saying enjoy week five of the NFL season. Started on Thursday, starts again at six o'clock in the morning in London with the Jaguars playing, I believe it's the Buffalo Bills going to be a fun game out there in London ending on Monday night but the more important game is on Sunday night Niners and the Dallas Cowboys facing off at Levi Stadium let's go get this win get the dub and end the three game homestand 5-0 headed into week number six how great would that feel to beat the Dallas Cowboys renew the rivalry and send them off 0-3 in our last three meetings this has been the forward and Better access podcast my name is sterling bennett saying have a great week five enjoy your weekend and until next time stay faithful <laughs> <laughs>